get the meaning behind the numbers, and more. This is TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, the voice of hockey. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Yes, TSN Hockey Analytics, episode 25 of season five here on TSN 1050 Toronto. I'm Andy McNamara. You can get us on Twitter at TSN Analytics at AndyMC81. And as you know, folks, we're delivered by Domino's, but not just delivered by Domino's this week. 50% off week. My favorite time whenever Domino's break this out. It ends Sunday. So 50% off any online pizza order at Domino's.ca. You want five pizzas with 10 toppings on each? You can get whatever. 50% off ends Sunday. So get over to Domino's.ca right now. On the line will be Travis Yost in just a moment from TSN.ca. Then Sean Tierney from Hockeygraphs and The Athletic making his hockey analytics debut. Ian Tullock from The Athletic Toronto, Maple Leafs contributor, and from the Leafs Geeks podcast. And then some NHL fantasy tips courtesy of James Harding from NHL.com as we march ever closer to the fantasy playoffs and the real life playoffs. But let's get to it right now. The world traveler, Travis Yost from TSN. Travis, how are you, buddy? Oh, can't hear Travis right now. We'll try to get Travis. Now, Travis, it was all over. Like he was in, uh, producer Sean was saying, um, the Arab Emirates. Like he's all over the world. We don't know where Travis is. He goes coast to coast. He goes Hawaii, New York, Vegas. He's a a, a world traveler. So we'll get Travis back on in a minute and go over some of the uh, very interesting NHLPA player poll. And, And really, folks, like we're right down to it, right? Like we are right into the last chunk of these playoffs and, and and the race for the playoffs. And you got some big games this week. You got, of course, uh, this weekend, the Maple Leafs taking on the Rangers as they really try to just finish strong. You know, you're not going to catch the Bruins. I think we know that, right? If you're the Maple Leafs, you're not going to catch the Bruins. But you want to at least start heading in the right direction for the playoffs. They've had flus, injuries, and really, and really get ready, right? Like, what about the Columbus Blue Jackets, too? We talk about them every week. Last week, they had the second and final wildcard spot in the East. Now they're a point out as of Saturday behind Montreal. So are the Blue Jackets, after all those moves, going to be able to squeak in? That's going to be the real question there. Are the Hurricanes holding on? So that's going to be a real, I think, a real fascinating race coming down to the wire when you have the Hurricanes at 87 points, Habs at 85, and Columbus at 84. And really just that that jostling for position because it's so important. Right, like you don't want to have that last wild card spot. Like it's almost like you definitely don't want to play Tampa Bay. That's that's obvious. But you can make an argument if you're Columbus or Montreal, you could still potentially catch Carolina. Then you're playing the Capitals, which is a little bit of a pick your poison, and then positioning that gets right into it. Uh, you have the Calgary Flames in the West when you go over to the Pacific. We've talked a lot with Travis about that over the last few weeks about where where you want. If you're a Calgary Flames fan, which our producer Sean Lavery is, where you want the Flames to finish. Now, obviously, first, but if you don't, you get into all those secondary matchups, right? You don't want to play the Golden Knights or San Jose. If you're Calgary, you want that easiest access. You want to play, you want to finish, and it looks like unless they kind of go on a a little bit of a a tailspin, and they're 5-5 and in their last 10, but you're going to be looking at playing the Minnesota Wild, maybe the Avalanche. Maybe even the Arizona Coyotes. And if you're the Flames, that is a hell of a lot better than dropping 
having San Jose jump you and playing the Vegas Gold Knights. Because I don't care what anyone says, that team's going to be a tough out. Not as maybe newsworthy as they were in their expansion year, but that's obviously because they did such a great job in their first season as a team, right? The Vegas Gold Knights. But if you're the Flames, that's the path you need to take, man. That's the path you need to take. So you get you get that against either Minnesota or the Wild scaring you? No. Avalanche? Flames can beat the Avalanche. Coyotes? Yeah. I'm surprised the Coyotes are still in it as much as they are. And so this final, I love this final stretch when it gets down to positioning for the playoffs because now it's all about the, the tweaking and the matchup. And love or hate these NHL playoff formats, right? The division ones, that's, that's the reality. That's where we're at. So love it or hate it, you can, you can really hone in on, okay, what's the best matchup? Who wants to, who gets to play where? For the longest time, of course, it was the Maple Leafs getting into trying to leapfrog Boston for that second spot in the Atlantic and get home ice. But that's not going to happen now. So now you just got to deal. You just got to figure out, and the Maple Leafs 5-4-1 in their last 10, you just got to figure out, okay, uh, home ice is gone. How do you match up against the Bruins? And we're going to try to get Travis Yost on in a moment if we can. Travis, so the issue with Travis, Andy, oh, this is, is producer Sean Lavender, we call him, we yeah. call him, and the answer is, I get the hello, and then after that, our line drops. So oh. uh, no luck from Travis this week. But I I recommend to all our listeners to go to tsn.ca. Travis had two great articles this week. Oh, yeah. Um, the first one, diving into the teams that are playing well going into the playoffs. And one thing that I wish we could have gotten in with Travis is how much does that actually matter? How much does the final 10 games or so matter to, right. to a team and to their success in the first round and beyond in the playoffs? I think there's something to be said for going in hot. Like, you don't want to be, is it the be-all, end-all? Does it mean you're going to win the first round? No, but I'd much rather be going in on an upswing than, you know, be like four and six in your last 10 and struggling. I think you want to have some sort of momentum going in and it's going to be against a different opponent and it's going to be a seven game series we know that but still just I think from a a mental standpoint and from a team flow I think it's a lot tougher to flip the switch going in cold into a playoff series yes yes the second one Travis wrote about is specific to Edmonton he says one of the most important factors to their rebuild not just for next year but for the years after that is addressing the issues on their wing and their Mm. rebuild is a little more urgent than Ottawa or Vancouver because they have McDavid and Drysaddle. Yes. And Travis said, hey, they're in their prime pretty much right now, so you have a limited window to really optimize um, their chances to win. And so Travis was saying, hey, Edmonton, if you want to give yourself the best chance, you need to fix the wing. So uh, we're going to get into, the, into that with Travis. And I wanted to ask him, Travis, if you were a UFA general manager and you wanted the least amount of stress going into a new <laughs> job, would he have picked Edmonton or Ottawa? Oh, so I... You know what? I would say Edmonton just because it seems like the ownership is a little bit... How can I put this nicely, Sean? Um, eccentric? Is well, that, Ottawa uh, has their issue. Yeah. Is that... Uh, <laughs> Both front offices are having their issues this Oh, week. yeah. Yes. Well, in Edmonton, yeah, right now, like, who are they going to finally go out of house? Are they going to finally not be... the you know, Just keep recycling stuff around there. So, uh, and, and get someone maybe with some vision for the Edmonton Oilers. We're going to take the break on the other side. We'll... Check in with our buddy Sean Tierney from Hockey Grass and The Athletic. Tierney next, TSN Hockey Analytics here on TSN 1050 Toronto. If you're hungry, check out this great deal from Domino's. 
unlimited two-topping medium pizzas for just $7.99 each. That's right, as many pizzas as you want with a minimum purchase of two pizzas. So stock up, dig in, and feed that hunger with unlimited two-topping medium pizzas. Perfect for the big game, a busy night with the family, or just because. Order online today at dominoes.ca and add on some great side dishes and dessert. That's dominoes.ca. The meaning behind the numbers and more. This is TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, the voice of hockey. Back and rolling here on TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050 Toronto, the iHeartRadio app. If you miss any of the show, you can find it on the tsn1050.ca show page on iTunes. I'm Andy McNamara. 50% off week at Domino's, people. Domino's Pizza, but it ends Sunday. 50% off any online ordered pizza. Any amount, any size, any toppings, 50% off. So go to dominoes.ca today and get that. Still to come in the show, Ian Tullock, James Harding as well from NHL.com. And also, folks... I'm giving away some Domino's pizza today, okay? I'm giving away not one, not two, three, four, five. Five Domino's pizza prizes. This is all you have to do. The show is also live right now on my new Twitch channel, Andy Mac Live, Andy M-A-C Live. So all you do is you go to twitch.tv slash Andy Mac Live. Click follow. I have to sign up. Takes like two seconds. Sign up. The followers, once I hit 50 followers, I will unleash five random Domino's pizza prizes. So do that now, twitch.tv slash Andy Live, and you can watch the show as we are here in the TSN 1050 Toronto Backup Studios. Let's bring on our guy, Sean Tierney, from Hockey Graphs and The Athletic. Shawnee, how's it going? Doing well, Andy. How are you? Excellent. I'm doing well. Also, let's listen, let's begin with the Ottawa Senators. You're, you're an Ottawa guy. Uh, we, we pity you from a hockey standpoint at this point. <laughs> but they, they took the national spotlight yesterday. Owner Eugene Melnick made the radio rounds and did everything from chat about Mark Stone, call some media tactics, quote, Bush League, and finally dump on the sixth best team in the NHL and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And you don't need the support of numbers or analytics to figure out that Melnick is he's a bit of a wild card, right, Shotty? He's a, he's, a, he's a little bit of a wild card. Can you tell us what the mood is like in Ottawa, in your town right now, when it comes to being a Senators fan? I think it's... Um... You know, for lack of a better word, an embarrassing uh, run for the Senators. Not, like you said, just from the stats perspective where, you know, the season's gone as poorly as it can go and all the sort of names that have been key to the core of this team are out and, you know, they're selling hope in the future. But when you have an owner going around consistently drawing the headlines for all the wrong reasons, it's just not great to be a fan of the Senators right now. And, And I live just outside the city. And I live in an area where there's Leafs fans, Habs fans, and you get a little bit of a mixture of, you know, sort of all those teams that have been popular in the area for a long time. But it's not even a situation where Leafs fans and Habs fans are taking joy in the fact that the Senators are, you know, sort of drowning the way they are in these poor headlines. It's just really embarrassing to see for a team to go through what they're going through on the ice, but then to have an owner going through and stoking the flames like he has. It's just such a dramatic fall from where they were a couple of years ago. Now they're going to be last place maybe in the league and, and finish without even their first-round pick to show for it where it should have been. So I think the mood is really just sort of sour, and it would be great if you know Melnick stopped providing these headlines and sound bites and you know maybe sort of just went away for a little bit and let the Senators wrap up this lost season and 
and then look forward and start trying to sell hope because you know there are there are reasons to be hopeful that Thomas Shabbat and Brandstrom and Kachuk and on and on you know, on ice there's some reason to have some faith in where this team might wind up eventually but it's just a sour sour uh, place to be right now and uh, it won't be too soon if we don't hear another uh, headline from Melnick for a while yeah and Sean it's kind of like the the Simpsons episode where you see and they say, stop, stop. He's already dead. Right. Like it's like Leaf fans, Leaf fans have fans. They don't take joy in this. There's no, there's to have a rivalry. The, the other side has to have a chance. So it, it is a bit distracting. And that's, that's rough. So we'll, we'll keep a good thought for the, the Ottawa senators there. And by the way, our hockey analytics insider on TSN hockey analytics brought to you by one in 100 win killer seats to any Toronto game for less than the cost of a pitcher of beer. Go to one in one zero zero dot net one in one zero zero dot net. Try it out. Really cool site, people. Give it a shot there. So, Sean, let's get into the uh, the West here. All right. So, uh, division trio. We can't go a week without talking about the Flames, the Sharks, the Golden Knights. Calgary at the top has has held steady. Then you get San Jose right underneath, but they've lost five straight. Vegas nine and one in their last ten, finishing strong. One of the hottest teams. So. The addition of Mark Stone might end up being the best deadline addition of this past NHL trade deadline. But, John, would it be too much of a stretch to say that adding Stone has given Vegas a real chance of finishing as the strongest team in the Pacific down the stretch here? I think even before they added Stone, uh, Vegas looked like a team that might have been maybe the best in the division anyway, and maybe even the strongest team to come out of the West possibly prior to Stone. With the team the way they were going, they had the second-best expected goals differential going in the NHL anyway. And of the three teams that have been sort of, you know, jockeying for position in the Pacific, uh, Fleury's been the only goalie that's sort of been a slight plus in terms of goal saved above expectation, while Calgary and and San Jose have find any consistency in net, especially over the past month or, or two. And so, you know, even before Stone, this was a team that looked pretty formidable. They have the experience from last year to draw on, too. It was a tough team. But since adding Stone, um, things have, you know, sort of improved even more. That Statsny-Pacioretty-Stone line, if you look at um, line combos ranked in terms of, you know, the quality chances they generate and the quality they give up, that line has uh, sort of elevated to the second-best line in hockey that's played 100 minutes together or more, which is just phenomenal to stick, you know, sort of three uh, veteran guys who've been around a little bit, and and they've just taken off together. And, you know, Stone's track record goes, uh, you know, well before him in terms of his defensive proficiency. Uh, He's been scoring, you know, all the goals that you expect. His XG rates are are really strong. His shot map is, uh, you know, quality shots all from in front of the net like usual. So I loved Vegas as a team that was dangerous even before Stone and with Stone, they're just rolling right now. I wouldn't hesitate to call them the best team and and maybe the best challenger to come out of the West by the time all said and done. In conversation with Sean Tierney from Hockey Drafts and The Athletic on Twitter at Charting Hockey. Sean, let's get into the wildcard races in both conferences. This is tight. This is going to come right down to the wire. So very exciting. Who's going to get those two wildcard spots? And when we look at it, and, and you have just a few points separating three teams in both the East and the West. And when it comes to shock value for you, okay, and something you, you might not have seen coming, which has blown you away more? The fact that the Blue Jackets with Panarin, Duchesne, and Bobrovsky could very well miss the playoffs. They are currently a point out looking in. Or the fact that Arizona, who currently does not have a 20-goal score on their team, is one point out of a playoff berth as we speak. 
Yeah, I think if you're looking at shock values, I think Columbus falling out would be the bigger surprise, especially because at the deadline, they really doubled down on the roster. And instead of moving out some of their pending free agents, they added to that group instead. And, you know, it's a really uh, strong and uh, decisive move by Kekka Leyland to decide, you know, we're going to go with this roster and see what we can do. So it would be surprising from that standpoint. Um, and sort of by the advanced stats look, Columbus hasn't really you know, blown the doors off this season. They've been about an average team. They give up about as much quality as they generate. They play a slightly dull style. So, you know, the shot rates for and against are a little bit lower than league average in both. Uh, Bobrovsky's been a real uh, sort of up and down story all year. He's gone on his classic runs a few times, but he's bottomed out right after. The point is that the talent is there, but... Columbus is chasing Carolina and Montreal maybe for those the spots ahead of them. And those two teams have been, you know, just phenomenal by advanced stats metrics all season long. And if I'm in Columbus's spot, those aren't the teams you want to be chasing because those are two teams we expect to do really well and to hold on to their spots, which kind of maybe gives a leg up to the Coyotes in a sense. They're chasing Minnesota and maybe Colorado. Colorado is just sort of a middling team, uh, you know, average sort of stats overall not a team that stands out in any way. And Minnesota, despite being just phenomenal defensively, their goaltending has totally submarined them this year. They've had maybe the worst goaltending, you know, this side of San Jose. So in, even though I think the Blue Jackets would be the, the bigger surprise if they don't make it in, I like Arizona's path a little bit more. They're chasing a couple of teams with, you know, warts rather than chasing Carolina and Montreal, who I think, you know, those teams were expected to be in the playoffs. And, and I think they're going to be tough for the Blue Jackets to chase down. And, Sean, let's talk about those Montreal Canadiens right now. Uh, as you said, Blue Jackets one point behind them. Montreal in the second wildcard spot, two points back of Carolina. And they're the only Canadian team in the middle of these wildcard chases. So how do you feel about the Montreal Canadiens going? Like, other than the play of Carey Price, what, what are the chances, do you feel, of Montreal making the playoffs? Now, you say Columbus is going to be tough to catch them, but Montreal not just making the playoffs, but then having any sort of success in the playoffs because... Well, we know the possible matchups for them if they stay where they are. Right. And I think, you know, just like classic Claude Julien teams, Montreal has been sort of one of the better advanced stats teams going this season. They play at a phenomenal pace of shots for they're either at the league lead or just below, you know, given the day. Um, defensively, they've really tightened up. They have one of the better expected goal shares uh, in the NHL right now. The thing that was killing them at first was that Carey Price didn't look at all like Carey Price, and that lasted for a couple of months at the beginning of the season. But he's rounded into form as we've gone on too, and he's done so well of late that he's actually above expectation now by about three goals. So, you know, it, it's not a phenomenal season, but considering where he had been, he's really brought his game back around to where they need to be. So uh, what does Montreal need to do? The, the thing for them is they need – Columbus to keep faltering, which I think is completely possible with the, uh, the way that uh, Columbus has gone up and down all season long. But, and this is no surprise to anybody who watches the Habs regularly, their power play is just absolutely killing them. And so, you know, they have the, the awful rates that they have, but underneath the hood for them, they have the second worst rate of generating quality on the power play league-wide and the third worst shooting percentage which is just mind-boggling given the fact that they're in the top five or, or top seven, I think it is, in terms of expected goal rate for when they're playing at even strength. Something happens when they go on the power play, and all that bite they bring five-on-five five, disappears. And so if they're going to do anything uh, once they get into the playoffs, and I think they will, 
if they're going to make any noise, something's got to change there. And, and that's something that you look to the coaches and say, we're getting this out of our team, even strength. What is it on the power play that isn't working? And, and if they don't fix it, there'll be a quick bounce in, in the first round once they're there. Yeah, no doubt. And, and Sean, let's finish on this one here. Tampa Bay Lightning, 120 points, 100 goal differential, a plus hundy. And I can't remember if there's ever been triple digits in the positive, if that's ever happened before. It's just another crazy stat to back up how tremendous a season and how good the Tampa Bay Lightning are. Now, here at TSN, Gordon Miller and Craig Button have a friendly wager going on. One is the Tampa Bay Lightning winning the cup. The other side has taken the rest of the playoff field. Loser buys a nice bottle of red wine. If you had to join that bet, are you going with Tampa Bay or the rest of the playoff teams to win the cup? I love this question. I think that Tampa Bay is definitely the favorite to win the cup, and that's no surprise. Um, if you use moneypuck.com, which is a place where I go to get a lot of the data that feeds into my chart, uh, moneypuck has them at 15% to win the cup as it stands, which is, you know, it's an incredibly high percentage before the playoffs have even started. So I love Tampa Bay. But if we're going to go at it from the sort of, you know, uh, even-minded, sober thought of a, a stats-first kind of person, you have to take the field. Once you get into the playoffs, everything changes. The whole setup is different. You're playing the same team every night and all that sort of luck comes into play in a big way when you're looking for four wins in a row. I think, uh, you know, the Sharks are at 11% at Money Puck to go to the Cup. Vegas is at 9%. Those are backed up by their season-long trends too. And so if I'm looking around the league, Tampa Bay is the favorite, but I'm happy to take the field because I think once you get into those short rounds where just a couple wins either way swings the whole thing, I think Tampa Bay is the team to beat, but I would love to have the field because luck reigns supreme once you get into the playoffs. Yeah, you certainly open yourself up uh, to, to that window if you take the field. Great stuff, Sean, as always, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. All right, there he goes. Sean Tierney from Hockey Graphs and The Athletic on Twitter, a must-follow at Charting Hockey. He uses those graphs that he posts to really break down why they're relevant to the games that you're watching, and it's, uh, it's some real good content there. We're going to take the break, get into some Maple Leaf talk after that. Ian Tullock from the Athletic Toronto and the Leafs Geeks podcast joins me next on TSN Hockey Analytics. Get the meaning behind the numbers and more. You're listening to TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, the voice of hockey. Back on TSN 1050 Toronto, Andy McNamara with you on TSN Hockey Analytics. Follow the show on Twitter at TSN Analytics. Over 20,000 strong there. Myself as well at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMC Sports. And guess what, people? It's 50% off. We get Domino's, but just till Sunday. That's it. Just till Sunday. So go there right now. Domino's.ca. Any online ordered pizza. Any style, type. Amount, toppings, whatever. It is 50% off. And to help celebrate that, I'm also giving away five Domino's pizza prizes on the show. This is what we're going to do, okay? I got a new Twitch channel out. I want you guys to see. It's going to be a lot of unique content, lots of fun here. TSN studio, home studio, talking hockey, football, baseball, fantasy sports. going to be very cool. going to be launching this week. So as soon as I get to 50 followers, I'm unleashing five Domino's pizza prizes. Just go to twitch.tv backslash Andy Mac Live, Andy M-A-C Live. So twitch.tv slash Andy Mac Live. Click follow. You might have to sign up. It takes like two seconds. Do that. Give a follow and you will be entered 
to win one of five Domino's Pizza prizes. And going to be joining me in just a moment will be Ian Tullock from The Athletic Toronto, Maple Leafs contributor there, and the Leafs Geeks podcast, as well as the Staff and Graph podcast. Following him, James Harding with some NHL fantasy talk. So if you're getting into your fantasy playoffs, you're playing DFS, you need the tips, James Harding is your guy. But let's bring on the man now. And he's got a Twitter army behind him, listening, waiting. Ian Tullock from The Athletic Toronto Maple Leafs contributor. Ian, how's it going, man? Hey, thanks for having me on, Andy. I've been a big follower of the show for a few years now, so I'm happy to finally be on. Well, thank you very much. Great to have you on. And yes, a, a, a very passionate Twitter following you have, so we're going to have, uh, have some fun today, brother. And let's get to the Maple Leafs, of course. And, well, they haven't really been playing up to their standard as of late. You can make excuses, right? 5-4-1 in their last 10, just two wins in their last six. They've been without Gardner, Dermott. Uh, the flu's been going around the forward group. How much has your opinion changed of this Leafs team going into the playoffs? Has it changed at all because of this most recent stretch and last gap of time where they haven't been playing their best? And that's the hard part. When you're missing two top four defensemen, in my opinion, and Travis Dermott and Jake Gardner, that's going to impact your results at five on five. And then you have some injuries here and there, players getting sick. You're not going to be playing up to, up to speed. So it's understandable to a certain extent that they haven't been playing their best hockey with that being said, there's really no excuse for the way that they played against a team like Ottawa. So I can understand some of the criticisms coming from the fan base. But what I tend to look at is I look at the team when they were healthy. You know, since William Nylander came into the lineup, they've been out shooting and out chancing teams at 5-on-5. Five five. When they had all of their defensemen healthy, when they were able to run Jake Muzzin, Morgan Riley, Travis Dermott, Jake Gardner, have at least one great puck-moving defenseman on the ice at 5-on-5, at at, at five five, it resulted in the team putting some pretty good shot metrics up. So... I'm a bit more optimistic than most of Leafs Twitter right now. I know there tends to be huge overreactions to wins and losses on both sides of the spectrum. It's unfortunate that they're going to have to face a team like Boston in the first round, who's arguably the second or third best team in the NHL. But I think it's closer to a coin flip series than a lot of people think. I think the Leafs have a very talented team, especially since they put William Nylander alongside Austin Matthews. I think that really helps solidify their top nine. Well, Ian, when you go to, and, and we just mentioned kind of the injured or sick leaves, but what about Patrick Marlowe? And you wrote recently uh, on The Athletic, you detailed his declining numbers compared this year to last. But he's been the Iron Man, right? He's always there. He's always, always consistent. You can count on him to be in the lineup. But considering what Marlowe is doing, how should the Leafs best handle their veteran, their gray beard, going into the playoffs? Because ultimately it's that balance of we know Babcock likes the veterans, but if the numbers are declining, does there come a point where he might actually hurt you being in there and you might have to think about changing something? And that's the tricky part with a player like Patrick Marlowe because he's arguably had a, a Hall of Fame career, you know, over 500 goals, over 1,100 points. He's consummate professional, shows up every day, hasn't missed a game in 10 years. But unfortunately, at age 39, his game's really declining. Whichever line he plays on tends to get outshot and outchanced at even strength. He's producing like a fourth liner at even strength. It's not the same Patrick Marlowe that we've seen in years past, even that we saw last year or two years ago. But with that being said, one interesting thing that I've found is that the marlowe kadri Kapitan line has had some success at 5-on-5. Five five. When you look at their numbers, they're actually controlling about 55% of the shots and chances, which is by far the best combination of any line that Marlowe's been on this year. He's really struggled alongside Austin Matthews. He's really struggled when he plays with Connor Brown as the right winger on, on the third line. But if you're going with a Marlowe-Kadri-Kapanen combination, I think that could work. 
realistically, I'd prefer to see someone like Trevor Moore get a chance in the top nine. I think he's a faster, more dynamic player, can give you some more things than Patrick Marlowe's giving you. But if the third line going into the playoffs is Marlowe, Kadri, Kapanen, I think it's a lot better than people tend to expect. And I think that it gives Toronto one of the best top nines in the NHL, maybe after Tampa Bay. In conversation with Ian Tulloch from The Athletic, a Toronto Maple Leafs contributor there. Also, the Leafs Geeks podcast. Also, the Staff and Graph podcast. We'll get you to plug those in a little bit there, Ian. But uh, your latest and greatest on The Athletic, and it got posted Saturday morning. You made the argument that the duo of Austin Matthews and William Nylander should not be separated again. And it's taken a while, as we know, for William Nylander to get back up to full speed. Looks like he's finally there. What do you feel this about the chemistry between Matthews and Nylander that makes the two inseparable? And is Andreas Janssen the best option to be the third forward on that line? That's a really good question. So to answer the first part, Matthews and Nylander have this really interesting dynamic in that when they play without each other, they don't do so well. When Matthews plays with other wingers, whether it's Kapanen or Zach Hyman or Connor Brown, he's not able to drive play up the ice very well because even though he's a phenomenal player in the offensive zone, he's not the greatest at transitioning the puck up the ice. And that's where William Nylander really comes in handy because William Nylander, in my opinion, is the best transitional player on the Leafs when it comes to transporting the puck from the defensive zone to the offensive zone with possession. And I'm sure the listeners of your show will know that if you can move the puck up the ice with possession, it tends to result in a lot more offense. And that's where I think Nylander really helps Matthews out because he's able to carry the puck up into the offensive zone. He's more of a playmaker than Kapanen. Kapanen tends to fire shots from, you know, long distances, top of the circle when he breaks into the offensive zone, whereas William Nylander is always looking for those passing lanes to the middle of the ice. So it's a very good combination of a shooter and a passer. Nylander brings that transitional aspect to help get the team into the offensive zone. And once they're there, the passes to Austin Matthews are great, and he can beat goalies from distance. So I just, I'm of the opinion that they don't play very well without each other. They dominate when they're, when they're together. It reminds me a lot of Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn. I think you just need to keep them together because the chemistry is there. Now, which winger should they play with? Uh, they played with Zach Hyman in the past, and that's gone really well. Uh, we've seen them with, uh, we've seen Austin Matthews play with Patrick Marlowe, and that doesn't go so well. So Marlowe's probably not the guy you're looking for there. Janssen has looked great. And I'm of the opinion that whether it's Hyman or whether it's Janssen, it's really hard to go wrong putting a left winger alongside Matthews and Nylander. But I do like the, uh, the skill and a bit more of the finishing talent that Janssen provides them. So if they're sending a cross-ice pass to the slot, Zach Hyman usually isn't able to score on those opportunities, whereas we've seen Andreas Janssen bang some home from the slot. So that's probably the best combination. But hey, maybe Trevor Moore looks really good alongside them because they're so good with the puck. You don't need to be a, a sniper or, or an excellent transitional player to work alongside them. You just need to be able to win puck battles in the corner and go to the net and finish. And I feel like a lot of players in this league can do that. Maybe Trevor Moore could do it too. So Janssen's probably your best bet going into the playoffs, but I'm of the opinion that a lot of players in this league could, uh, could provide some value in that left-wing spot. Ian, let's finish on this one. And you know, listen, you know covering the Maple Leafs, we know here on this show, Leaf fans have been wringing their hands, worried about this first-round playoff series against Boston 4, it seems like, most of the season. And let's tie that together with the other consistent worry of the blue line, even with the addition of Jake Muzzin, for the Maple Leafs. So let's tie these two together. For the Leafs to have success against Boston and pull off what, you know, I think it's fair to call it an upset, in your opinion, which defenseman on the Leafs side needs to have the biggest impact to help the Leafs get over that hump, maybe that X factor, and if they don't play up to that factor, could cause an early elimination for Toronto? 
So the tricky part's going to be injuries because if Jake Gardner's not healthy, that's really going to hurt them. So honestly, I'm going to say Jake Gardner. If he's healthy and he's able to play in the playoffs, he was their best player in the playoffs last year, games one through six. We all know game seven didn't go very well, but he's a large part of the reason they got there. I think the reason that Toronto struggled against Boston in the playoffs last year is they weren't able to move the puck out of the defensive zone with possession. Boston heavily forechecked Toronto's left side defenseman and forced them to move the puck over to the right defenseman, whether it was Hainsey, Zaitsev, or Polak. They weren't able to get the puck out, and Toronto got hemmed in the defensive zone for long periods of time. If Toronto's able to move the puck out with consistency, whether it's Morgan Riley, Jake Gardner, Travis Dermott, even Jake Muzzin, then I think they're going to have a much better chance of winning this series because you don't want to get stuck in the defensive zone against David Pasternak and company. They tend to do some damage when they get those long shifts in the offensive zone. So I'm going to say Jake Gardner's the, the X factor. If he can come back from these back spasms and have a strong series against Boston, I think it's really going to help the Leafs move the puck up the ice and not spend as much time in the defensive zone. Ian, I've really enjoyed having you on, man. Let's do it again soon. Give a quick plug to your podcast. you got a couple of them. Hey, thanks, Andy. So, yeah, I've been doing the Leafs Geeks podcast for a while now. That's where I tend to focus mostly on the Leafs. And then I started up a, a podcast recently with Rachel Dory, who used to work for the New Jersey Devils. We tend to get into some discussions about some of the coaching elements, how it relates to the analytics. We like trying to bridge that gap. So uh, I had a lot of fun today, Andy. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I hope we get to do this again sometime soon. Absolutely, brother. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. There he goes. Ian Tullock, contributor for The Athletic. Leafs Geeks podcast, Staff and Graf podcast, does a great job. Make sure you follow him on Twitter as well, at Ian Graf. We're going to take the break, wrap up the show next with some NHL fantasy talk. You need tips going into your fantasy playoffs for league or your DFS daily plays. I got you covered, baby. James Harding from NHL.com, their great fantasy hockey writer, joins me next on TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050 Toronto. If you're hungry, check out this great deal from Domino's. Unlimited two-topping medium pizzas for just $7.99 each. That's right, as many pizzas as you want with a minimum purchase of two pizzas. So stock up, dig in, and feed that hunger with unlimited two-topping medium pizzas. Perfect for the big game, a busy night with the family, or just because. Order online today at dominoes.ca and add on some great side dishes and dessert. That's dominoes.ca. Back to wrap up TSN Hockey Analytics here on TSN 1050 Toronto, the iHeartRadio app. If you miss any of the show, you can get it on the TSN 1050.ca show page on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at TSN Analytics at AndyMC81. And we're delivered by Domino's, folks, as you know. And guess what? 50% off week ends Sunday. That's it. It ends Sunday. So go to Domino's.ca Right now, or as soon as you're done listening to the show, Domino's.ca, any size, type, toppings of pizza, whatever, you order online at Domino's.ca, 50% off, but only until Sunday. And to say thank you for for using Domino's and listening, I'm going to give away five Domino's pizza prizes. Here's how you enter. You go to twitch.tv slash Andy Mac Live. I got my new Twitch channel up. As soon as I get to 50 followers, I'm unleashing Five Domino's Pizza Prizes. So you go to twitch.tv backslash Andy Mac Live, M-A-C Live. And as soon as you click follow, might have to sign up, takes a second, and then you're entered into the contest. As soon as we hit 50, we are good to go. But let's bring in our guy from NHL.com fantasy hockey writer, James Harding. James, how are you, buddy? I am doing well, Andy. I want to know who would win in a duck hunt matchup, you or Michael Furland? (laughs) 
Wow. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go Furland. I'll, uh, I, I, don't, I don't trust my abilities there, my friend. I don't. And you know what? By the way, speaking of challenges, after we get through stock up and stock down, I got another fantasy challenge for you. I think I can take you this time. I'm 0 for 2. We're going we're gonna to tease that and then see if, if you and the listeners can beat me in our, our fantasy hockey challenge. But we'll get to that in a second, okay? Just so you're as mentally I've ready. Said, as I've said, Andy, the, uh, the, the challenge for the fantasy throne is always open to you whenever you want to make one. You have, you have dominated so far, sir. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, you know what, James? Let's, let's get to it. Let's get to what everyone's waiting for. It is... Stock up. Stock down. And there we go. Sound effects back and everything. Let's begin in Anaheim with your stock up. Uh, Silverberg. Yeah, Jacob Silverberg out in Anaheim right now. Had a multi-point game in their win against the San Jose Sharks on Friday. Uh, 28% owned in Yahoo Standard Leagues right now. Had one goal, two assists, one power play point, and three shots on goal in that game against the Sharks on Friday. And has 13 points, uh, seven goals, and six assists in his past 11 games. Um, the new recipient of a long-term contract extension, so probably seeing a, a boost in his morale and his effort based off of that right before the trade deadline. But he's now skating on their top line with Ryan Getzloff and Ricard Raquel. And in the middle of the fantasy hockey playoffs right now, a guy who's on a burner like this, who is available in more than 70% of Yahoo fantasy leagues, is a guy who is a must-own fantasy player right now. He's one of those players that can really help determine whether or not you're going to have a chance to move forward and ultimately win a fantasy hockey championship. These are the diamonds in the rough that you really have to be looking for. And you have to look at his upcoming schedule too. Three of his next five games are against non-playoff teams, the Kings, the Canucks, and the Oilers. Uh, so I expect Silverberg to take much advantage of those matchups coming up and to continue playing and producing the way he is right now. And then my second stock up for the week from the Minnesota Wild is Ryan Donato. He had two assists and three shots on goal in their win against the Washington Capitals on Friday. Only 22% owned in Yahoo League. He has three multi-point games in his past four games with two power play points, two goals, four assists, 17 shots on goal. Skating on the second line there with uh, Luke Cunning and Jordan Greenway. And both of them scored a goal last night against the Capitals that Donato assisted on. But here's the surprising thing. Donato, who was really buried by the Bruins and never really given much of a chance in Boston, flourishing in the top six role with the Minnesota Wild right now, 15 points in 15 games since being acquired from the Bruins in February before the trade deadline. So again, Silverberg, Donato, both available in more than 70% of Yahoo leagues and guys who you could add right now and who could really have an impact in the fantasy hockey playoffs. Love it. And so that's stock up, stock down. We go to Buffalo, right? With the with the Skinner. Yeah, Jeff Skinner. I mean, really has just fallen off. We saw the kind of production that he was putting up uh, throughout most of the season, skating on the top line there with Jack Eichel. Right now, um, he's been dropped actually from that first line down onto a second line with Evan Rodriguez and Jason Pominville. So not skating with Jack Eichel definitely hurts his fantasy stock down the stretch. Um, he has tied his career high with 37 goals, but he only has two points, uh, one goal and one assist in 10 games in the month of March right now. 
Um, that team has really gone ice cold at the moment, but uh, with where Skinner and we touched on Sam Reinhardt last week as well, uh, the two of them had been on that first line with Jack Eichel. Now Eichel is skating on that first line with Alex Nylander and with Connor Sherry. So both Reinhardt and Skinner at this point, if they're not producing and you're not in a keeper league, are worth dropping if there are better options out there who are being more productive, like guys a la Soferberg and Ryan Donato. Um, so I'm, I'm not very high on Jeff Skinner right now. And my second stock down for the week is Pierre-Luc Dubois from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Pointless in 11 straight games, spanning all of his games in March right now, despite being back on that top line with Artemi Panarin and Cam Atkinson. Uh, he had been very productive most of the season with them. And since the trade deadline, since the acquisition of Duchesne and Dezingle, that team, that top six, has been in constant flux. But they have been skating together, this trio, for most of the season and back together now. And still, Dubois has not been able to find the production that he had early in the season. So I, I'm ready to say with both Skinner and Dubois in non-keeper leagues, and depending who you have on your roster in some other keeper leagues, uh, you can cut bait with both of them if there are more productive options out there. So there you go. Stock up, stock down. Fantasy hockey tips brought to you by Three Brewers Microbreweries, locations across the GTA. Three Brewers, great food, great beer, great times. Get out to one tonight. All right, James, from NHL.com, on Twitter, at jharding underscore hockey, fantasy hockey writer extraordinaire. I have a fantasy hockey challenge for you, sir, and it's coming from our friends at monkeyknifefight.com. So this is what you do. Monkey Knife Fight, they have the, the prop plays in the NHL. they got basketball, hockey, uh, baseball's coming up, golf as well. But for tonight's Rangers-Maple Leafs battle, this is my Monkey Knife Fight challenge to you, okay? John Tavares, over or under, shots on goal plus blocks. I'm taking over the four and a half. And then Mika Zibanejad, over or under, 0.5 assists, I'm taking the over. So you can go monkeyknifefight.com and actually play that under the over-under option. They got You can pick any NHL game, challenge friends, and all that cool stuff. So check it out, monkeyknifefight.com. James, how do you like that, man? What are you taking? Tavares, over four and a half shots on goal plus blocks, and Zibanejad, over or under zero and a half uh, assists? Uh, you know, I actually... It's not much of a challenge, Andy, because I actually have to agree with what you what you went with. Um, I, I love John Tavares to break the over on that. When you look at uh, his shots on goal numbers over his past five games, uh, five, three, four, two, six, he has four block shots in that span as well. Uh, a team that's playing as weak defensively as the Rangers are right now, uh, I, I really think that he's going to thrive in that matchup. So I'm I'm going to say, especially coming off the fact that he had a six-shot-on-goal performance against the Sabres the other night, um, I'm going to take the over as well, and I am going to also take uh, the over on half an assist with Mika Zibanejad, but I did challenge you to a contest on Monkey Night Fight, and it is a two-out-of-three over-under for the Flames-Canucks matchup tonight, where I am saying over four and a half shots on goal and blocks for Alexander Edler under one assist, or I should say half an assist for Johnny Gaudreau and under half a goal for Sean Monahan. 
So I would like to see what you say about that. Oh, well, okay, you know what, dude? I'm going to go opposite all you on those. How about that? I feel, I'm feeling cocky. Let's do it. You can play to monkeynightfight.com and get in on, on this. Dude. Play some NHL prop play games. No math involved, nothing. Just have fun with it at monkeynightfight.com. All right, James. Great stuff as always. And if anyone has any fantasy hockey questions, they can tweet you at jharding underscore hockey. We'll do it again next week, buddy. And see who the champ is. Bring it. <laughs> there he goes. Oh, I'm probably going to lose. James always beats me in these things. He probably will. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try, though. Thanks so much, everybody, uh, for tuning in to the show. Follow us on Twitter at TSN Analytics at andymc 81 Give a follow to me on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Live. Follow, have a chance to win one of five Domino's Pizza Prizes. That'll do it for producer Sean Lavery, Steve Eliopoulos. I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050 Toronto.